Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So today I have a really exciting one. You guys all know that I'm all about meditation for kids, right? I wouldn't have written a book about it unless I was. And meditation for kids and families is something I'm such a strong proponent for. And you might be thinking, oh my gosh, she's beating it in like a dead horse and she's drinking some Kool-Aid. However... I wanted you to hear it from another mom's perspective of how someone who's learned how to meditate at the age of eight and how she's bringing it to her children. So a lot of times the biggest question that I get asked from parents is, how do I teach my child who's older than eight to meditate? Maybe they haven't had the foundations. You know, I specialize really in the young children from two to three all the way up to eight. So what if they're older than eight and they're resisting it and they might think it's weird because nobody else is doing it. How do you really get them on board? Well, I have some great news. Now that this is becoming a movement, there are specialists and experts out there who are teaching tweens and teens. And I have one of my fellow Meditating Mama experts here today who does focus on teens and tweens to share her tips and tricks. Gwendolyn Joy Shonda is a mom of two boys, 10 and 15, and she lives in Jupiter, Florida. She's the founder of Next in Mind, which provides resources for parents and their kids in meditation and mind superpowers. Gwen has taught hundreds of children at schools and one-on-one how to download what she calls mind apps to help them conquer challenging feelings and moments and live their most epic lives. Her online course, Mind Powered Kids, is now available for parents and children to learn how to meditate together. It teaches coping tools and healthy mental habits from the comfort of their home. What I love about Gwen is that she has a remarkable way of making meditation accessible for children between that 8 to 13 range making it cool making it fun make it relatable and she's going to talk all about it so this one's all about inspiring your tweens and teens to meditate Thank you so much, Gwen, for being here today on the Time and Talks podcast. I'm so happy to be diving into meditation with another like-minded mama. This lights me up so much. I know. I'm so excited to be here too. As soon as we met and we started talking about our alignment in meditation and especially for kids, we were like, okay, we have something special here. Oh my gosh, for (laughs) sure, for sure. So just wanted to give our listeners some background of how Gwen and I met, of course, through Instagram. Where else do we meet our new friends nowadays? But it was so, I know, but it's so cool (laughs) because I would never have met you in real life because you're in Florida and I'm up in New Jersey. So how cool is that? But I actually stumbled upon Gwen was doing a live with her son, 10 year old son, Cole, and they were doing a meditation. And this was like in the midst of COVID. And I was so amazed. First of all, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm flashing forward to like Ayana and I. So it was so beautiful to see Cole has such a gentle, kind spirit. Like you could tell just by him talking, you guys have such a synergy together. But it was really lovely the way that he was explaining meditation. And a lot of times parents will ask me, you know, what? how do I teach children eight and up? And it was just so beautiful to see Cole and you uh, 
explain it and the way that he shares it. And we're going to talk more about it in the podcast, but that's how we met. And then we talked on the phone and we completely like hit it off. So it was so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a um, 2020 kind of new age way of, um, you know, just connecting with other moms and business leaders and people in the meditation space. And here we are, big visions ahead. I know. So what I thought was really fascinating when I was learning more about Gwen is that Gwen herself learned how to meditate when she was eight years old. So I'd love to start there, just your journey of how that was. Like, was it beneficial for you at that age? Did you carry it with you? Was it something that was kind of a dormant skill? Just walk us through your journey of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very funny because a lot of people are kind of shocked that I've been meditating since I was eight years old. And the way that it was sort of introduced to me was basically my mom saying, guess what? We're going to a meditation seminar this weekend. And my reaction was like, no, thanks. You know, I want to play with my friends. I want to watch Saturday morning cartoons with my cereal in my pajamas. And I have no interest in this. I mean, I was eight. And like most eight-year-olds, um, meditation to me just sounded like an adult boring thing. So off I went to a couple of days at a Holiday Inn conference room. Um, They said to bring pillows. And so I kind of dreaded it. I got to be honest, like, you know, and so I think that's like a thing a lot of parents kind of have with their kids, like, oh my gosh, my kids are never going to want to meditate, right? Mm. So we went off and and it was with my two younger brothers and I was introduced by something called this, uh, it was called the Silva method. And it was big in the, you know, kind of late seventies into the eighties. And so, you know, I don't know that I needed meditation and I don't at that time being eight, it just seemed like an adult thing. And I learned about it. And to be truthful, you know, I wasn't even, I was kind of blown away a little bit by the power of our minds at that age. But I never thought of it as, you know, a life skill I'm going to carry with me. I just sort of took it in. I wiggled around a lot. I got to be honest, I kind of complained, you know, so it didn't look like um, a a student of meditation uh, at eight years old, this wise little like Zen, you know, kind of kid. I was just a normal kid. I didn't particularly have like anxiety or think I needed it. However, so that course came and went and the, the meditations and all the skills I learned during that weekend sort of downloaded into my mind and I kept using them and using them. And I didn't even realize like how it was like getting embedded in the way that I think and operate. And so, yeah, like you said, it was like a dormant skill. It it was something that was in my mind and I was using it um, you know, more and more as I got older, but I think it like, you know, we always talk about planting the seeds, right? Mm -hmm. So it planted these amazing seeds that thank goodness, as I got older and like peer pressure and, and academic pressures, and just kind of like the pressure of getting to know yourself and puberty and all of that, these things were already on board for me, if that makes sense. So, um, I was, you know, it was sort of something as a child, I didn't realize what it was doing for me until it was doing it for me. So that's kind of how I took to it. And I'm super glad I did. And, and here we are, because I'm so passionate about kids, like just being exposed to it, right. And having this stuff in your mind for when you need it during those challenging times. So I love that. And for, for you, you started at eight and it was kind of like you said, dormant. And would, would you say that 
you had a practice or was it just these, like you say, like they were kind of down, like these little apps that were downloaded in your mind or were you actually like sitting and meditating throughout that time in your teenage years or your twenties? Right. I wouldn't say that I took time out during the day to sit and meditate. However, at night and in the mornings in my bed, like my bed was like my place where, you know, when you close your eyes, where does your mind go? And I realized I was meditating all of this time. So I would close my eyes, whether, you know, maybe even just taking a nap or lying on the couch, but definitely going to sleep at night. And I would count down a lot of deepening exercises, like counting back from 10 to one. And then I had these kind of like an active, like an app you could open in your mind when you wanted to manifest doing well on a test at school. Or, you know, let's say I remember being flying for the first time, you know, when I was a young kid and the plane was super bumpy and I was feeling nauseous and I would close my eyes and I would have an app for feeling better, you know, like (laughs) at the time of feeling nauseous during this one plane ride, I remembered having a system in my head of of imagining my stomach like um, walls with toys on, Mm -hmm. on shelves. And just putting the toys back on the shelf. And that was like my stomach. And like if they were rumbling and moving off. So it was, you know, just these funny little um, apps that I would open, whether it was I was nervous or um, sick or trying to fall asleep. I had a bunch of activities, exercises, which are now meditations in my mind for falling asleep. So it was very active for me. You know, it was not, not just like sitting and clearing my mind or breathing, but you know, kids, their minds are just going a mile a minute. And to give them something to do when you close your eyes, like, okay, close your eyes and imagine this, then you're getting into a deep space, but it's still moving, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, so kind of my practice. That seems, I mean, that's brilliant because it seems like it's also activating like their creativity, like the way that you're describing like shelves that are rumbling. It's like you're activating your creativity, you're visualizing, you're training your brain to kind of see an image. So I, I love that. And we're going to definitely dive into this because I was just floored by this idea of creating apps because it's just so relatable for children because I very right. much like you and we've talked about it is that it doesn't have to be stiff or like, like you said, you know, when you went, when you were eight years old, it was more geared towards adults and for any, mm-hmm. you know, eight year olds or, you know, or a 10 year old, it's like, that's adult stuff. Like that doesn't even feel engaging. And so I feel like it's amazing for us now in this generation, because we're really taking the time to, to make this accessible and fun and engaging for and make it children. cool right yeah, like it's cool. gotta be cool like kids right now are so cool like way cooler than I was when I was eight years old like my 10 year old is the coolest and we need to be able to talk to them on a level that's like cool and interesting and fun and very like 2020 and beyond you know Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's a big thing that I feel like parents have to get out of their mind. Like meditation does not like look like sitting still, being quiet, eyes closed, and just like being right, right. You know, just that vision of that quintessential passive meditation. It is active. They are gonna wiggle. They are they're children, right? By nature. So this is I love that you shared that your own experience of that. Um because I just wanted to make it that much more real and accessible of what it looks like for kids. So when would you say, so you shared like how you, you know, brought, brought these tools throughout your life. Um, when would you say that you really 
like meditation. I know for me, like in my late twenties, like I was like, okay, meditation is something that's a non-negotiable that I'm going to commit to. It's a part of a lifestyle. When was that for you? You know, I feel like that was always the case for me um, throughout, especially once I kind of got into the real world, right? Like I, you know, was married and had a job that was stressful. And so, you know, I always did it and I used it. It really wasn't until literally in the past five years when I went through my divorce um, that it kicked in high gear and it became like water, food, and meditating. These are the things that I need to survive life. Um, And it made such an impact because I was at the just lowest point. Like you had the similar kind of revelation in your 20s. It's funny because it's always been on board, but I'd never really understood how kind of life-saving it can be and grounding and in your really hardest, most terrible, most alone questioning times that it can pull you out and save you. And that's when I realized that I wanted to devote my kind of like career and life to it because I want my kids and all kids to have this thing, whether it's implanted when they're eight or 10 or 12, it doesn't matter because who knows when you're going to need a major like rock bottom saving tool, right? It it could be in your twenties. It could be, maybe you get divorced at 40 like me (laughs) and here we are. So that's when it really became oh, okay, this is the one thing that is going to pull me out of this really like scary place. So. Yeah. You you mentioned your divorce and being a divorce attorney, I likened it to seeing people in that emotional state. And I had heard other attorneys say that it is the second most traumatic thing next to death, because you're actually going through the same emotions, that grief, like mm-hmm. there's, there's the, you know, the denial, there's the anger, there's the bargaining, there's the depression, there's the, there's a space that eventually some of us get to the acceptance. And I've also seen people who haven't gone to the acceptance. And mm-hmm. right when we're taping this right now, you know, it's, you know, we're in the midst of COVID. And now it's like this new civil rights movement where we had the protesting and the the looting and all these different things. And I think that we have to remind ourselves that it doesn't really matter on the outside, whether it's a divorce or whether it's losing your job or whether it's a death or the emotions surrounding that, that rock bottom for yourself emotionally, those feelings come up. So I think for children, Mm -hmm. they're being exposed to this at such a young age where, you know, children who are in high school or middle school, like they didn't go, you know, some of them are not taking the SAT. Some of them are not going to college in the fall. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of life changing, right? And they're, and I think we're experiencing that crisis right now. And so I, I really yeah. wanted you to come on because you're someone who's experienced crisis in a way. And I think we all have, whether we label it that way, but currently we're experiencing a global crisis. So if you're finding that you're suffocating and you're in this rock bottom, this is potentially a tool that you can now invite yourself and your children to do together. Yeah, so, 100%. So in your opinion, you know, Cole is 10. And mm-hmm. when did you start teaching um, him meditation or exposing him to meditation? You know, so I also have an older son who's 15, right? which people, it's funny because people don't um, remember as much because he's a total teenager. And so he's not really doing meditation with me live online. Like I can get cold too. He's very much, you know, playing basketball with his friends and totally um, doing the dude bro teenager thing. You know, I have very real children (laughs) and um, 
but you know, for a long time, ever since they were little, I I tried to teach them, you know, I tried to teach them with guided um, meditations, like, you know, there weren't even apps when I first started doing it. So I would look up stuff on websites. But now there's, you know, the apps, and, um, or like a, a recorded, maybe like a streaming service that does a um, guided vis- visualizations. And so my kids got into doing that. And also, I would just kind of teach them one on one, like lying in bed when they were having a hard time falling asleep. Okay, visualize this and you're going lower and your body is heavy. And it's, you know, picturing like sitting in big fluffy bean bags and, and things. Um, but what happened was, I feel like I didn't have like a concrete plan. I was just kind of throwing random meditation ideas and like mindfulness thoughts and visualizations at them. And that's when you know, a couple of years ago, um, I started formulating the idea of having more of a real like a plan, like you're saying, like, what is your mindfulness minutes plan of the day? Like, how do you actually teach kids how to do this? Because even me meditating for 30 years, I still didn't have like, a playbook to teach my children, you know, they're, they're like different um, animals than us, right? And they learn completely different. Um, So it wasn't in the until like the past year where I came up with, creating like more of like apps and ideas of like, when you close your mind, you're going to open an app and I want you to do it for three minutes, five minutes. And so that's kind of how it started as more of like a formal thing, because, you know, just the apps that are out there, the real apps that are Mm -hmm. out there are awesome. But I think parents don't really know where to start a lot of the time, like, okay, this one talks about rainbows, that'll be fun, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was only probably about a year or so ago now that I've been doing it with Cole in more of a structured sort of, but still fun, um, manner. So, and, and Jake, my older one, he actually, he still loves his, um, you know, self, uh, the guided self hypnosis kind of things Mm -hmm. that he listens to at night. And so, you know, he, he's still like, you know, uh, he'll access it on his own to go to sleep or whatever. Um, but I feel like my my opportunity is a little bit more stronger with Cole because he's still in that formative age range. I'm not saying teenagers are like a lost cause by any means. However, that formative age range, you know, starting when they're young and learning like the activities that you do and um, in your book with all the breathing, um, fun stuff for kids. And then once they're in that developmental mindset, of like eight, nine through like 12, 13, like that is go time. That is when mm-hmm. you are just building all of this foundation. So hopefully Cole will be really, you know, immersed in it and have this stuff on board. So I love that. And do you, do you typically do it with him or does Cole do it yeah. on his own? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because, you know, like with so many kids, if they are given a choice, they're going to probably do something else, right? So, you know, my biggest thing has always been be the change, right? Everyone's saying, especially lately with, you know, like you were saying, with civil rights movement and um, all the things that are going on in the world today, and meditation and mindfulness, I think number one starts with the trickle down from from the parents, right? So um, I can't just say, go to your room and meditate. You know, it's like, I want it to be uh, like, this is what we do. Um, So yeah, so a lot of the times, like right after dinner, I might say to my kids, we're going to have four minutes of mindful minutes. And they might want to be, you know, getting off to do their homework or talk to their friends. And they might sigh for a second. Really, this is how it goes down in my house. 
and we'll clean up the dishes. We'll go sit in the living room. I'll like light a candle. I'll put on some kind of chill music. Like I have a whole playlist a mile long and you know, they can do whatever they want though. At this point, when they close their eyes, they can open whatever mind app they want. They can visit their happy place. They can use their energy ball and pull it through their body. They can do box breathing. They can just do breathing, but whatever it is just needs to be silent, no talking. And, you know, for that amount of time. And so it kind of changes every night. And so that's, that's kind of like one of our go-tos. I love that. that. And I truly also believe in like making it in a family activity because that's, I think it's so bonding. Don't you also? Yeah. Like, it's oh, like even God, though you're yeah. sitting and you're not talking, but you're just being with each other. Yeah. And I mean, when my, and I just started doing this, like I said, like a year ago and my teenager, I mean, he's total teenager and he would sit and do it. And he would be sort of a little like eye roll. He would sit and do it. And he just really, it was like something he was craving, you know, it's not cool enough for him to say it out loud quite yet or anything like that. But after we would stop, he would sit for a few extra minutes and chat with me instead of running off. And the palpable change every time we have done this with my kids is like, so um, inspiring, you know, it just shows that it works. And it's I'm talking three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. Um, so, you know, you can really squeeze it in anytime and get that like total shift in mindset for, for everybody. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I think a lot of big misconceptions is that, oh, it has to sit for 10, 15 minutes. And I know that that no. probably is a big, big, uh, you know, question that you probably get from moms, but I'd love for Definitely. you to answer that because they probably hear it from me all the time. But, you know, moms who, you know, especially at that age, it's older, right? I work with younger children at that age. It's homework. It's after school. Act- I mean, not right now, but still it's like, that's yeah. what typically is. Yeah. now it's distance learning and, you know, activities or talking are their friends, you know, talking on the phone with their friends or texting. I'm not sure what, <laughs> <laughs> what's <laughs> really going on right now. Yeah. It makes it both. Um, right. so, so with moms and parents who are also like feeling stressed and feeling overwhelmed and they're, they feel depleted and they, maybe they're feeling a little nervous themselves of not knowing where to start. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. would you share with that mom or parent of where to start? Yeah. And I'm glad you asked that because that is literally something that I hear from um, friends and moms and clients all the time. They're like, Gwen, this sounds amazing. I'm just going to be candid with you. I am exhausted by getting, by the end of getting through the day. And you know what? I am going to sound like a crappy mom right now, but like, I just want, to shut the door and have a glass of wine and have the day be over. Like, so even just that 10 minutes you're asking me to do is like, sounds like I can't do it and I don't want to do it. And I know I'm awful. And um, I first, I'm always like, listen, that's all of us. We're all in that boat. Right. And so, you know, I'll give you an example of what happened the other night. Um, This was a couple of weeks ago and it was like the height of all of like just intensity with, you know, work from home, school from home you know, CNN, like uh, just news overload and just, you know, concerns about uh, the economy and finances and, you know, um, relationships, just having a lot of relationship struggles lately. And I was just having such a day. And then I was really relating to just wanting to escape and like, just be done with it. And, you know, I was at my bottom, you know, that depletion where you just need to just go to bed and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I went to bring Cole up to sleep 
and we go into his room and he reminded me, he said, Hey, um, I don't know. Didn't you say you wanted to do, um, you know, the energy ball meditation tonight? Cause I, I think you wanted to do it live tomorrow on Facebook. So we were talking about like, you know, practicing that one. And I kind of sighed like, Oh my God, he remembered, you know, literally. Yeah. And I felt the same way of, I just want to go to bed. It's so awful. My day just needs to end. So I said, I don't know, do you want to do it? And oddly, he was like, I mean, yeah, let's just do it. So I, I kind of just ate my own, like, you know, took my own medicine and sat there. And, you know, we went through the, you know, literally less than 10 minutes, this energy ball meditation that that we do. And um, afterwards, I mean, my God, I felt so much better and Cole was happier mm-hmm. and it was like the gift that you can give yourself of under 10 minutes of these things is such a mind shift change. Your body feels better, you relax, you connect. And it was like, I saw it in action because I remember this day just being awful. And I had like a second wind for the night, you know, where I, before I just want to like pour a glass of wine and go to bed and just call it a day. I, I was like rejuvenated and like I had a little optimism and I felt like more connected with Cole. And so that's what I always tell moms too, is that like, literally, I know that 10 minutes can sound like a lot, but the space it gives you, the time it will give you actually literally hours back in your day sometimes because of that shift of energy. Um, and so I, you know, yes, that's what I tell everybody. Just like, even when you're feeling like you're crummiest, just try to sit and do it and I mean, I'm sure you've probably experienced this yourself. I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's always great to hear, you know, experiences because, yeah. you know, it it really is one of those things that we also, even though we practice, there are days that you're like, oh, same thing. It's like, I just yeah. want to go to sleep. Or I don't have the mm-hmm. energy to do it. And it's Mm -hmm. like working out, like, you know, it's good for you, but like, sometimes you just have to like give yourself that extra push and motivation and it's the same thing. Um, So I'm glad that you share that story. And, um, you know, I, I would love because you, you've been talking about like mind apps. That's typically like, it seems like how you introduce um, kids. So first would be, um, how do you introduce like for a child who's like eight or nine, and they've never um, heard about meditation or what meditation is, how would a parent, could you give them suggestions of like introducing what meditation is to them first? And then we'll go into the mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, yeah, basically for me, meditation is what happens when you close your eyes and you quiet your brain and, you know, you stop talking for a few minutes and it's whatever you want it to be in that space. It could be breathing, It could just be focusing on even not opening, uh, you know, closing your eyes, looking at a candle and paying attention to the flame or listening to some music. But we're uh, we're moving at such, you know, warp speed these days that kids are just not even having that space. Um, So meditating is just for me, just focusing your mind on a thought, an image um, or an activity. And, and that's all it is. It's just a little bit of shifting focus. And it, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, we talk about this where it, it, telling your heart to stop beating is unrealistic, right? You can't get your heart to stop beating just like you cannot tell your mind to stop thinking. So the idea that people have and kids too of just sitting and thinking of nothing is like 
terrifying. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is not fun. There's nothing cool about that. But just to guide them through and giving them something to focus on, um, that's meditating. Like you're doing it. You're just quieting and slowing down and putting space between your thoughts and kind of taking that control and power back over your mind. You know, because we're so used to letting our parents do it or our friends or iPads or TV. And it's really connecting to like your inner source of power, like which is like a computer. And that's where, you know, the whole mind app thing come, comes in because kids get technology these days. They really mm -hmm. understand and they need to understand that their mind is the most powerful computer they're going to run into. And if they can just harness that and tap into it, it's like, bam, a whole new you know world of like creativity and power and things you can do with your mind are just so cool. So I try to make it fun. And it's like superpowers, right? Like, it's, yes, you know, absolutely. Harness it. It's like, wow, this I can do this. I don't need an app. I don't even need my mom. Like I can do this myself. I love that. So can you give us some examples of mind apps that um, you teach kids? Yeah, sure. So um, one that's a favorite is um, box breathing. And basically, it's, you know, the Navy SEALs use it. And kids love to hear that because they're like, oh, this, this stuff works. They're not just meditating, you know, um, with incense burning, like they are fighting in wars and training. Um, so box breathing is um, an app where you visualize a box, and you breathe as you go up one side of the box, and then hold your breath. And then exhale as you go down the other side of the box and then walk back to the beginning and you count while you're doing it. And so this is one of the apps that we talk about as, um, you know, putting that space between a trigger and a reaction. So if you get triggered and you get anxious or mad and you want to react, you can do this breathing app. You, you say, Hey, okay, there's an app for that. And you open up your box breathing app. You can do it even with your eyes open and you have it downloaded in your mind. So you picture your box, you know, you already know what your box looks like and you do a few rounds of the breathing around the box. You can do it while you're visualizing it, um, eyes open or closed. And so this is something that is such a major anxiety buster for kids and adults mm -hmm. um, that they really like it. There was a time I, I actually taught it to one of Cole's friends at the top of a super high water slide, you know, we had standed in line forever at a water park and we're, we're getting up to the top. And as we're getting up there, she is starting to panic. You know, she's like nine years old and mm -hmm. she, you know, she's breathing really fast and she's like, Oh God, Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm getting really nervous. And I'm looking down and there are just hundreds of people. And I'm like, there is, we are not walking back all the way down here. And she, she also was like, you know, I want to do it, but I'm so nervous. And I could feel the anxiety and the stress come mm -hmm. in her mind, the wheels working in her mind of just like fear taking over. So you know, in our bathing suits at the top of this water slide, I taught her how to do the box breathing. I'm like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And um, walked her through breathing around the side of the box. She did it a few times. And like, just, it is so cool to watch it work in kids. And she just took a deep breath. She's like, okay, I got this. I got this. And there we, you know, got up to the slide and went down and they had a blast. And she's like, I'm so glad. And then what's even cooler, she taught her family. She taught her little brother how to do it. Um, so that's just a fun story that's, you know, it's just, you can use it every day, especially these days. My goodness. 
So. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I, we love that one too. I actually teach the young kids that one too, because so in the book, I call it yeah. get presents, like presents mm-hmm. being like gifts. And so there's like a box. So like they're tracing the box in the book, but like what my son does and he's five is that he, when, and we use it when he's trying to be patient, he will look for things that are boxes and then in his mind, like, you know, trace it. So this is like what I, when I teach parents too, it's like these tools are not just for kids. Box breathing, like you said, is for yeah. adults. It's for older kids. Right. It's for younger kids. You just mm-hmm. make a play on it. Like for younger kids, like, you know, if they're tracing, like Ayan likes to trace like, you know, either a piece of paper or he likes to look for certain things that he traces for older kids. Right. They could either do it in their mind mm-hmm. or actually like trace. So I love that. That's a, that's a great one. Um, And so like when you, so just so I'm understanding, so like you're basically teaching children that your mind is like a computer and then anything Mm -hmm. that's really happening. um, Like I remember Cole saying, like, if your brother or sister's bothering you, there's an app for that. So it's like any situation (laughs) that you have, there's an app that will help you reset. Is that kind of the idea of it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A hundred percent that there's always something in your, an exercise, a breathing meditation, a visualizing meditation. And I call them apps that you can access in your mind that can help you when you're not feeling good, when your stomach hurts, when you're nervous about a test, when you're just sad and blue for no reason, you know, there are go-to quote unquote apps, like I call them that you can open and use, and then you just close them and put them away. Um, and I think kids really get it because they can really conceptualize like the computer and the operating system and different programs or different programs needed for when they're little and when they're older. And then, you know, when you're feeling good or not so good or, um, you know, and that's how I, I kind of downloaded all of this into my mind as a kid. And it's funny, we were talking about, you were just saying how, you know, this isn't just for little kids, right. Or older kids or adults there are apps that I downloaded in my mind as a child at age eight that I still use. Like I, for example, like I I remember one sort of, you know, app or meditation I learned about going to this like workspace in the sky and it was shaped like a heart because I'm like an eight eight year old kid at this point. And it was like a, you know, floating in the sky. And like, don't you know, decades later, I still visit my like workspace in the sky that is floating and shaped like a heart. And it's totally normal to me, you know? And I think like, you know, we're all wired that we're all humans. Our brains still work in the same ways of Mm -hmm. visualizing and breathing. And it, it never changes. You don't breathe or visualize different from, necessarily from eight to 80, you know, they're, they're all like science behind this stuff. Right. So yeah, it's just funny how so much of it is similar. I think it's really cool. I think so too. And I think it's also, I think as we grow up, we don't give ourselves permission to kind of tap into that space. But when you were saying that, that, it also made me think is like, you know, if our subconscious programs are beliefs and our stories and everything else that defines us, why wouldn't it be that we're, if we're planting these seeds in our kids' like lives now, of course they can access them later on because that's how the mind is designed to work. So whether it's 100%. something that's positive or negative, it's still, you know, it's, it still has access to it. So I love, I love that. Um, so you have, uh, you're the founder of um, programs and a company called Next in Mind. So I'd love for you mm-hmm. to share a little bit about what you do and how you support parents and kids. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I founded Next in Mind as uh, resources for parents and kids in mindfulness and meditation and just making it accessible and um, cool and giving everybody that like a dip into the life skill that will help them, you know, for their positive like mental health groundwork for years to come. So I started going um, into schools and teaching classrooms you know, just like I was, you know, with the box breathing and just talking to them about your, you know, the power of your mind and, um, you know, the superpowers that are in between your ears that you don't even know about. So, yeah, so I developed that. And, you know, one of the first things I started doing, so I started talking at schools and then I also started working one-on-one with parents and their kids, you know, at their houses and like a mix of yoga and meditation and, and introducing these mind apps. I knew right away, we're on the same page of this, that like, this needs to be a global movement, right? And, you know, this is something that can change the world. We're looking at the world, it it is like upside down right now, we all feel like, and I think we're on the same page. It's like, this is a skill, this is a tool, this is like such a, you know, a conscious leveling up that the world could really change if children were taught, you know, taught these things young. So that being said, there's only so many classrooms and one-on-one time, you know, that Mm -hmm. we have. So I started developing an online course because I really just wanted to reach as many children and parents as possible. And like we agree, parents and children need to be kind of doing this together. This is a family thing. This is a mindset. This is a way of life, right? It's like mental fitness. Everyone should be working out together. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I started doing, I, Cole and I filmed an online course. And it's just as cool and um, accessible and relatable. And, you know, because I'm just like your average kind of mom and he's an average kid. Um, We don't just like sit for hours quietly meditating. Like we have real issues and challenges and things. And these are our mind apps. And, you know, it's several weeks long. And, you know, that's that was the thing that I thought it would create to reach as many kids and parents as possible. So, listen, you don't have to make the time to go to somebody's office or have them come to your house and like put it in the busy schedule. You can do it at 8.30 PM in bed with your kid at night, you know, when they're right before bedtime, you know? So yeah, so that's, that's um, sort of my focus right now is just bringing this to as many parents and kids as possible. And hello, everybody's online. Everybody's on the internet these days. So absolutely. And what's the best age range um, that you focus with? Yeah. So basically I would say about eight to 13. Um, I've had kids as young as seven dipping their toe into it. Like we were talking, the box breathing is a perfect example that Mm -hmm. can be taught much younger. And a lot of kids will, um, they'll start doing the course and maybe they're eight or nine or 10 and their four or five year old sibling is kind of passively kind of engaging in it. And don't you know that that stuff is getting downloaded too. But it's really like our examples that we talk about, like, hey, you have a test or a presentation at school. You know, we talk in a, a way that like, you know, a third, fourth, fifth grader, sixth, seventh grader is experiencing life. So you can kind of relate, you know, and make it kind of feel like we're speaking to like that age and their challenges. So, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. I love that Cole's included in it. And uh what a lovely gift and service that you're putting out into the world because we definitely need it. Our kids definitely need it. Yeah, absolutely. So so if there was one piece of advice or inspiration that you could leave the mama listeners with today, what would it be? Well, 
What I like to have moms kind of consider for a second is that by the year 2030, the World Health Organization has said that the world's biggest health burden is going to be depression. So if you fast forward to how old your kids are going to be in 2030, a lot of them are getting into that young adult age, um, you know, maybe teen and up. And their biggest challenge is going to be their, their mental health, right? So like, what on earth could you do right now to give them a running start and give them every skill and every like essential mindset, um, you know, sort of framework to, to be like ahead of the game. So they're not struggling and they're just, you know, just learning about meditation when they're like 20, 25, 30, whatever it is, or like seeing, you know, like trying to dig themselves out of a hole, they already have this like amazing skill, right? Um, In their back pocket. So it's just something that maybe right now, you feel like your kid is just great, and they're creative and fun and, and things are fine. It's like just start walking down the path a little bit of life and you know the things that are going to happen, you know, maybe puberty and, you know, peer pressure, academic stuff, the world unfolding the way it is right now. My goodness, Mm -hmm. no one could have imagined 2020 with what is happening this year. And so that's what I want everybody to kind of just think about moms and, and dads, especially is what can we do now to give our kids that like running start at super positive mental health in, you know, down the road when it's coming. So I love that. I love that, that stat and everything that you just shared. um, That's so very true. So Gwen, what would be um, the best place where parents can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I always talk about, you know, I'm online 24 seven, that's where we're all like living our lives these days. So I'm at nextinmind.com. Um, and also next to mine is on Facebook as well and on Instagram. And I'm very active on both of those and always just trying to put out as many free resources and inspiration as, as I can to, um, you know, listen, I want every single parent and kid to have this in the world, right? You do too. And so, yes. yeah, Instagram, Facebook, next to mind is, and there's, you know, direct messaging, Gwen at nextinmind.com is my email too. And I'm, I'm always just there to help people kind of level up their lives and help them with resources or ideas or if they're stuck or, you know, just to chat about it and understand more how they can make it a part of their life. Yeah, I can attest to that. You do put a really good quality um, stuff. And I mean, I'm an Instagram girl. I feel like I'm I'm on Facebook, but I'm more on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I can definitely <laughs> attest to that. And I am so happy that we were able to connect and really just for you to share what you're doing and how you're touching. This is a, I think it's, this is a group incentive. And I think there's, you know, this is growing, but there's not that many of us out there doing it. So it's such Mm -hmm. a lovely honor to be able to connect with you and have the moms listen to you. And for all the moms who have told me, my child is eight and up, what do I do? Well, now you have the resource. That's why I needed to bring Gwen on here. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) There are resources and Gwen is an incredible one. So thank Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It is so cool to talk to like-minded parents and people and, and meditation experts like yourself. And so one by one and together, we can all change, change the world and, and society. So 
Thanks. Absolutely. Of course. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you got so much out of this and definitely please take a look at Gwen's course, Gwen's Instagram, Facebook. I promise you, you will not regret it. All right, everyone. Till next week. Thanks, bye. 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 If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven day stress detox course. All you gotta do is screenshot your review before you submit it, email it to me at thejil at thejilvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner and learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.